Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from Long Island, New York, the best wrestling podcast in the world, Joseph Crush, Nikki Noodles, Bad News Canali, and Nick Jersey, the Wrestling Journal Podcast. This is indeed episode 147 of the Wrestling Journal Podcast, brought to you by the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. I am your host, the professional NJ3. This is a solo vehicle this time. Solo vehicle. Me, myself, and I this time. Um, I have a crazy weekend coming up. Joey is in the middle of actually going to, I think it's like some sort of horror con, if I'm not mistaken. Something where a lot of those really cool... Um, you know, like similar, like Comic-Con, Horror-Con, all those cool horror type events and, and shows are kind of taking place. I want to say it's in New Jersey. So Joey, have a great, great time. I'm also demoing my demoing a bedroom in my house um, for a soon-to-be kid. I don't know if I even announced that on the show, but I'm going to be a father in July, um, which is pretty, pretty exciting, scary, crazy. Wow. So I've got to do that this weekend. So I'll be busy all weekend. So that's why you're going to have a solo vehicle with me, myself, and I. But I hope to give you a really good listen. I know Gerd's Rooms is great at doing this. I know Joey's done this before, so it'll be my first stab at doing a true episode of a solo vehicle, not just a prediction show, not just a, hey, listen, we're taking a you know week off show. So, like I said, episode 147 of the Wrestling Journal podcast brought to you by the Wrestlers Podcast Network, your number one stop for all your wrestling podcast needs. When I say network, I mean multiple. You are here, you are here listening to the Wrestling Journal podcast. Um, we also have From the Top Row podcast with Gerge Brooms. <clears throat> where he is doing the chapters of the, the the rise and the potential fall of the tribal chief. Chapter one did drop two weeks ago. I think we might get chapter two coming hopefully very soon this week. I just, he might be traveling. He's a very busy man. Mr. Gurge Brooms is an awesome life, but a fantastic listen. So keep an eye out on the podcast network um, feed and for chapter two, um, we can go back and listen to chapter one. If you haven't listened to it or re-listen to it, because it was just that damn good. You can follow him at From the Top Row Podcast on social media, or if you want to follow him personally, because he does really cool shit, at I Hate Gurge Brooms. And we also have another podcast, Project Cafe with Joe and Quad Day, um, where they talk about everything and anything in the world of wrestling. It could be New Japan, it could be GCW, it could be Impact, WWE, AEW. They cover pretty much every promotion, which is really, really cool. Super knowledgeable guys, great guys. Um, so again, you'll find them on here on the podcast feed. Just give them a listen, and I think you'll definitely enjoy what all three shows have to bring to you. Um, we do have social medias. You can follow. Oh, and they're at Project Project Underscore Kayfabe. I'm sorry, on social media. Um, speaking of social media, ours. So my well, I guess the WrestleBuzz social media. You can follow on Twitter at WrestleBuzz with three Z's. And hopefully, eventually, we'll get that two Z's um, handle because that guy who did have it many many moons ago doesn't even use it. So. Elon, if you're listening, give us the tag. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, 
Facebook and TikTok at WrestleBuzz. You can find us anywhere we can download podcasts by simply just searching the Wrestling Journal Podcast. I mean, excuse me, wow, by searching WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. Um, and if you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, if you leave us a five-star rating and review, it would be greatly appreciated. It really helps with the algorithm for all three shows. So please do it. It doesn't cost you anything if you like it. If you don't like it, reach out to Joey. Tell him, fix something, do something different. Um, sponsors, firstly, Nerd Focus. It is that energy think drink for your mind, body, and soul. Nerd Focus, it's that drink that gets you through your days, your nights, your weekends, and whatever you got going on in your life. All we do is ask you to use the link in our social media bio. Simply use that link, shop your Nerd Focus, use the code ND20 at checkout, get 20% of your entire order. That code will never expire never expire but of course if there's a better code out there that gives you more than 20 percent off you know we will always plug it buy two or more and you get free shipping drink nerd with us the paper champion fantasy wrestling right done right the paper champion and again another number one stop for all your fantasy wrestling needs it is the our playoff season right now so it is a hot contested race a lot of shit talking going on on the discord we're having a great time with it. We love it. And we thank you, Eric James, for giving us the platform. You are the man, brother. Thank you for that. Last but certainly not least, certainly not least, pro wrestling tees forward slash wrestle buzz. As Joseph says, wear the shirt, support the brand. Wear the shirt. Support the brand. There's a third thing in there. I just can't remember it. But either way, it's a fantastic shirt. We hope to have more merchandise coming down the pipe. Keep an eye out on our social medias and listen to the podcast to hear more about that. All right. Got some talking segments, got some talking points. Um, first, Revolution took place this past Saturday. Now, the boys over at Project Kayfabe, Joe and Quade, did drop an episode this week um, breaking down the full, their full breakdown of, of Revolution. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to break down the entire card, but I'll go over a couple of things that kind of stood out to me, but give them a listen. They did a great job breaking down. I think they dedicated the whole episode to it, but I thought revolution was good. I think one thing that it did really well was it got over. I don't want to say the young guys, but a lot of the guys that they're trying to build a little bit more momentum towards, right? <clears throat> Ricky Starks. He is a guy that is uber athletic. I think has just gotten better and better ever since he ever since he accepted that challenge back back in the day from the open tnt title challenge from i believe it was cody rhodes if i'm not mistaken um he's done nothing but just get better and better and what's been great about it is you know there was a time where he wasn't getting showcased as much as he should have been but thankfully he has been as of late and i think he's been riding that momentum i thought that that small program we had with mjf was fantastic i thought he potentially upped mjf on the mic that one time i'm sure you guys can all think back to it if you remember that episode of dynamite and this is now the second meeting that he had with Chris Jericho and he went over and it was just great to kind of see it. So just kind of seeing him win, being able to see Jack Perry go over, um, you got new trios title two tr new trios tag champs, um, house of black. It makes so much sense. They were a trio great to kind of see them have the belts. I mean, Jamie Hayter retaining absolutely hangman page beating Moxley. That was a surprise. I had such a hard time booking that on the paper champion because it's like, Moxley does not lose often, like very rarely does he lose if you look at his win-loss record. So the fact that he did lose more recently to Hangman, the fact that he lost again, I was just shocked about it. And he literally hung him from outside the ring. That was absolutely a Texas death match. Um, Wardlow won. If you watch TNT Dynamite, obviously we know that there was a, def there was a title change, but Wardlow did win. Um, the Guns, whatever, and MJF went over. 
So it's like all their guys that like these young guys, these more homegrown AEW guys all went over. It felt like a, like a nice way to just kind of like, I don't say there's not like a passing the torch moment, but it's like, a, I felt like a nice way to build some momentum. Right. I think sometimes <clears throat> ever since the brawl out, it's been a little bit tough with AEW, right? I feel like they've lost a little bit of their luster. I feel like some of the fans have kind of gotten a little bit tired of certain things and all that goodwill because they were new, fresh, and they were different. They weren't WWE and they weren't Vince McMahon and stuff like that. I feel like that time it kind of hurt a little bit. They've had their moments where some shows have been great and some shows have been average, but I felt like this is a is an overall pay-per-view. I think it did a lot for the actual the actual AEW as a company because I think some things that sometimes companies do is you rely heavily on your part-timers. And if you look up and down this card, you know, you can argue and say a lot of their potential full-time young guys, homegrown talents really went over. And I thought they were showcased rather well. Um, again, I don't want to spend too much time on it because the boys over at Project Kayfabe will have probably did a much better job than I can do um, just because they're so great at breaking down. Um, but I just want to kind of share my thoughts on Revolution. We had Raw this week. Next topic. Raw was a big one. I felt like this Raw almost was like the go-home Raw to WrestleMania because just kind of watching the show and watching all that took place. I mean, you had Kevin Owens and Solo Sokoa open up the night, um, KO one by DQ. But again, you're kind of pushing the story forward, right? So Kevin's taking on Solo. They're having a great match. Of course, Jimmy has to get involved. And then Sami Zayn comes down to try to save KO and KO don't want none of that. He don't want that because Sami was riding with the bloodline. So Okay, I was like, nah, man, not right now. But we know inevitably it's going to lead to that tag title match at WrestleMania where it's going to be KO and Sammy taking on the Usos for those titles. Um, but again, what a great way to start Raw. Um, you know, also, we had Logan Paul showing up on Raw. And now, again, you can say whatever you want about Logan Paul. I totally get it, right? He's a clown. He's a jabroni. Whatever adjective you want to use against him. But one thing you cannot knock about him, knock, at, knock out, let me try this again. Can't knock him for is that he's uber athletic. He picked this up so fast and he actually seems like a big deal. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm super excited. Looking forward to Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins because what he did with the Miz at SummerSlam and what he did with Roman Reigns, I believe was in Saudi. I think it was crown jewel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and what I think he's going to do at WrestleMania is this dude, this guy just delivers. He's not a trained wrestler, not a legitimate trained wrestler. He had no no true experience before WWE, and look what this guy's doing. And again, I say it all the time. Seth Rollins, I, I can't remember the time that guy ever had a bad match, ever. So I think it's fantastic that him and him and Logan Paul are going to give us something. And good for Seth Rollins, man. I mean, you can put him anywhere on the card. Open, close, middle, championship. Whatever you got to do, he just continues to deliver. So I just, I'm super excited for that. Again, that was a great moment. He knocked out Rollins, right? And there, you know, I know it wasn't like a true knockout. Obviously, I'm not working myself on this one, but he knocked him out. But it's obviously to push the kind of storyline forward. So it's that whole one punch, one shot kind of mentality. So super, super cool with that. Um, we had a great match between Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Um, you know, think back to their NXT days, and it was really kind of cool to have them see them kind of come together. But what we did see, is we did see Edge emerge and um, obviously build into that one-on-one -on -one match that I think we've all been wanting to, the, the final culmination of this storyline of Edge versus the Judgment Day, which has kind of been going on for a long time. But, you know, with, with Edge being a part-timer and them stretching out certain things and kind of doing other storylines in between, you just never had the finality of the storyline, but you will have it at WrestleMania. So that'll be kind of great to see. Um, 
But the big thing, right? I guess the big thing that happened on Raw is John Cena came back in his hometown. Um, well, maybe not his hometown, but his home state of um, of Massachusetts. And boy, oh boy, you just, I, I wish when I was a, a little bit younger watching wrestling, I appreciated John just a little bit more. But I guess it's always that adage, you know, you, you don't appreciate people as much until they're kind of gone. And I mean, gone, just not there every week. But I tell you, John Cena comes, the crowd erupts. And then when he's on the mic, you just forget that he can literally go toe-to-toe with anybody. Always keeps his composure. Always is real. Always gets moments over. He's funny. He's serious. Um, I mean, God, there's nothing that this man can't do. He really is the GOAT. Um, he, again, this is not going to be a Mount Rushmore conversation, but the guy should be on the Mount Rushmore. Should be on the Mount Rushmore. A Mount Rushmore. Um, if not yours, he's definitely on mine. Um, so, John Cena as we kind of thought was going to hopefully take on Austin theory at WrestleMania leading up into it. We figured him kind of coming to this raw specifically in Boston was probably gonna be the time to start building up that feud. And that's exactly kind of what they did. You know, John Cena gave him that smoke and theory didn't want that smoke. That's for damn sure. He really let him have it. And, um, pretty much said, listen, I'll give you mania, but I'm going to embarrass you. I'll make you forget real. I'm going to make you put you in your place real fast. So I kind of love that whole reality of like blurring the lines between reality and, 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 and storytelling, because I think if you always do it right, I say this all the time, I think it could be, I think it's a beautiful way to elevate situations. I definitely think that the backstage and Cena feels a certain way about theory. Um, but knowing Cena as a true professional, he's going to do everything and anything he can to get the moments over theory over and the match over, which is why he's the goat. Um, and then last but not least for raw Jimmy Uso took on Sami Zayn and, um, you know, Sami's been trying to, you know, Sami's pretty much been going up against the bloodline at the same time. Kind of KO has been going up against the bloodline and, um, you know, Jimmy was his boy. He was his dog, you know, he was Usi and they put on a great, great match. Cause this story, again, I just can't get enough of this bloodline story. Sami Zayn does get the win, but Jay Uso comes through the crowd, pretty much acknowledges his brother in the ring. Walks past his brother, hugs Sammy. Can you believe it? No, this is professional wrestling. This is WWE. No way. Super kicks Sammy Zayn right in the mouth. Aligns, re-reminds everyone, aligns back with his brother. The bloodline is strong and stronger than ever. So I think this build to WrestleMania with this hopeful eventual Sammy Zayn KO versus the Uso is going to be super, super good. It's going to be as emotional as uh, Royal Rumble was, and as emotional as Elimination Chamber was. And boy, I am absolutely here for it. But Monday, like I said, Monday Night Raw really did just feel like an absolute go home to Raw, uh, go home to Mania show, because it just, I thought from top to bottom, was a solid show, all in all. Um, and another thing, obviously on Monday Night Raw, I don't want to leave this out, of course, is um, pretty much solidified at WrestleMania that we're going to have a three on three match. Becky, Lita, and Trish taking on damage control now that's cool you know there's not many three women factions in the wwe right now and i know that you know they've i thought they've done a decent job here and there some lackluster some not as you know some good booking with the three girls because you know becky's the star she's the individual and eo and dakota are the tag team they had some you know supporting becky moments they've had them with the girls win the championship eo and dakota they had a little bit of a lull i think dakota got hurt and they had the title change last week on Raw. Um, 
losing to Becky and Lita. And you had Trish kind of come in to even up the odds. And now it's like, hey, listen, you know, we want you guys. You want us. Let's do this thing. WrestleMania, baby. Three on three. But again, what's going to happen with the women's tag titles? That's going to be super interesting. I heard, I saw a report, which I, I don't really believe too much because it's from Dave Meltzer. But he's saying that the girls may work double duty, meaning Becky and Lita may work um, Ronda Rousey and, and Shayna Baszler. Now, there's still some time before Mania. You can get over a feud and get something kind of going before Mania, but it's getting like, it's getting to the, it's getting close. And I just don't find that beneficial to have two spots on Mania taken up by Becky and Lita. I mean, the three on three match is perfectly fine, right? I, I don't see the necessary way. I don't see it necessarily why you would want to book Becky and Lita twice, um, especially with Lita being a part-timer. Why you have her work two matches in a row and potentially have two nights in a row and potentially have her get injured. Um, Cause what if she got injured in the women's tag title match? Then what would that mean for the three on three? You know? So again, it was Dave Meltzer report how much credence I don't pay much to it with him, but nonetheless, I'm looking forward to that three and three match. And um, we got some more matches for, you know, for Mania. So to recap, again, we got Cena and Theory at Mania. We got Damage Control taking on Becky, Lita, and Trish at Mania. We have Seth versus Logan confirmed that Mania. It was a busy Monday Night Raw getting the Mania card a little bit shaped up. There was also a cool moment on Raw. Again, I can't get off of Raw right now. There's just so many moments to talk about where when Cena was leaving the ring after Theory, uh, Cody Rhodes is coming out. And they had an embrace at the top of the ramp and it looked like a legit genuine embrace. You know, John Cena is, is someone that wants to see the new guys succeed. And not that Cody's a new guy by any stretch. He's a veteran in the game, but <clears throat> seeing where he is right now, being the biggest baby face, probably in WWE at this moment, um, probably with Sami Zayn, um, you know, Cena seeing that it's, it's really cool to see someone of his stature and, and how he is to potentially go off script Right. He didn't have to probably hug Cody the way he did, but he did it. And maybe it was planned. Who knows? But hugged him at the top of the ramp and almost like a passing of the torch moment. Like, hey, listen, I'm, you know, my what is, was the song? My time is now my time or whatever it is. So it was kind of cool to kind of see him share that moment at the top of the ramp with Cody. And just it's just such a great way to just see Cody just continue to be supported by by people and, and just kind of really be given that elevation of just being the top baby face in the entire company. I just love it. And just gets me excited even more for that match at WrestleMania. It's going to feel so big and so important. All right. Next topic. So King of the ring, queen of the ring confirmed for Saudi Arabia. Um, interesting, right? Cause if I remember correctly, when woods and Zelina Vega won, I believe it was in Saudi as well. And not that Saudi doesn't allow the women to wrestle, but obviously, you know, for their circumstance, they have the girls, you know, covered up and not a big deal. It doesn't matter. You know, it's not what you wear is to wrestle, but I'm surprised that they would potentially put on that King of the ring, queen of the ring, you know, pay-per-view there um, for that. And not to say that for something over here, but again, they have a very lucrative deal with Saudi. Saudi needs a show. But you know, it's a good point, which I, I do at least like this point, is that they're not having storylines be halted or changed due to them having a Saudi show. They're just giving them a, a one-off potential show, right? Because you can take off, you know, you can have your champions take off that night for argument's sake, unless you have potentially one of them included, or maybe have the King of the Ring get a chance at Gunther or Cody or Roman or whatever the case may be. Um, but sometimes with these international shows, it's... It's um, a scenario where 
it could potentially halt the storyline, right? Because if you think about it, last time Roman took on, um, he took on Logan Paul. And again, was it a great match? Absolutely. But was there any inkling that Roman Reigns was going to lose to Logan Paul? No. It's not Vince Russo, WCW, early 2000s. No. Roman was going to win. It was a great match. Good storytelling. Tip my hat to both men, of course. But what I do like is that for King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring, it's just a one-off, right? It's just a night of good wrestling and crowning a king and queen of the ring. So I do think from that standpoint, that's a smart way to handle it. Um, and Backlash, or formerly known as WrestleMania Backlash, Backlash is confirmed for Puerto Rico. So Puerto Rico's getting their own show, and that's really cool because on top of that, Puerto Rico's favorite son right now, Bad Bunny, Benito, um, Joey, I know Joey doesn't know that reference because, you know, Joey don't ride with bad money. It's okay. No, he, no, he doesn't. I'm only kidding. But um, he's going to be the host of, uh, of Backlash. That, what a way to capitalize. Kudos to however they plan that. Um, the fact that bad bunny, uh, first of all, they were able to get bad bunny, let alone because the guy is literally busy probably every day of the year to get him for that night to coincide with the pay-per-view to be the host. I mean, Puerto Rico loves Bad Bunny and it's WrestleMania Backlash. So you know that some of the matches on that card are going to be good because they're going to be fallout matches. They're going to be potential payoff matches or continuation of storyline matches. So you know for a fact you will get a good card. They're in Puerto Rico, so you know they're going to be trying to put on a show. And you get Bad Bunny? Yes, please. Good job, WWE. So I, I got to say, again, wrapping up this point and this and this note, I think that I think that for doing a show in Saudi, Good job for it being King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring. I think for doing a show in Puerto Rico being Backlash, it doesn't have to halt your plans to, to get SummerSlam because it's just a continuation or a fallout from WrestleMania. So again, great, great stuff there. I know Joey does it sometimes. Gert does it sometimes. I'm taking my nerve focus, and I'm going to have a little sip of it because it's a solo vehicle. I'm doing a lot of talking. I got no one to talk or take a break. Man, that sugar-free nerve focus hits beautifully. All right. Next topic. This was an interesting one this week. So I saw this. I saw this report come out, and I was so just perplexed by it. WWE is trying to legalize gambling on scripted matches. So if you go to our Instagram um, at WrestleBuzz, you can kind of see the post. So let me just pull up the post really quick, just so to make sure that I uh, I represent it perfectly, because I don't I don't want to do nothing less, because uh, Joey will not be having it if I did. Um, here we go. So WWE is in talks with the state uh, state gambling regulation in Colorado and Michigan. So Colorado and Michigan to legalize betting on scripted matches. Um, interesting, because we see leaks all the time, all the time. Leaks come out, potential ways that the match card is going to go. You're telling me that they're going to be able to, in some form or fashion, truly truly create a way for people to gamble on scripted matches like truly and not make it like a prop bet thing like who gets who gets the first you know uh false finish or who hits their first finisher or or who you know gets the first chop is it like a prop bet actual actual you know match results interesting um I know that they do it for AEW um I want to say what is what's the company that does it for AEW Oh, it's in my head. It's always on there too. Anyway, they have. There's a company that does it for AEW for bets. Um, 
I'm sure they do WWE too as well. I'm not. I'm. I'm sure they do. Um, but just, just interesting. DraftKings. I think it's DraftKings. Yes, that does it for um, for AEW, and I'm sure they do it for WWE. But <clears throat> real interesting for um, them to try to kind of work this out. Uh, I'm curious to kind of see. But anyway, um, knowing Joey, he's a he's a gambling addict. I'm sure he'll be on there with the DraftKings, dropping uh, dropping dollar parlays, dropping a dollar on a 15 way parlay <laughs> for WWE events, seeing if he can kind of make a couple bucks. So we'll see. Um, next topic. So we had NXT roadblock this week and, um, you know, NXT roadblock is, is that pay-per-view right before going to, you know, the stand and deliver show at, uh, at WrestleMania, WrestleMania weekend. So I thought roadblock, you know, sir, it's serving its purpose, right? It's, um, it's kind of just getting, it's finalizing a couple things and starting to get their road, their NXT road to WrestleMania kind of ready. So that night we had Gigi Dolan and JC Jane uh, take on uh, going one on one. Now, as we saw some weeks ago, we had the fall of Toxic Attraction, obviously with Mandy Rose being fired. Gigi and JC kind of went forward. They both won the uh, the over the top battle royal to take on Roxanne in, in a three way match, and Roxanne retained. And then they were kind of you know teasing a little bit of splits, and then JC pretty much Sean Ma- he Marty Jannettyed. Uh, she, Marty, Jannetty, Gigi Dolan. So their payoff match took place this week on NXT Roadblock. And I'm not going to lie. I love both girls. I think they're super talented. I think they're, they have stars written all over them. But it just, I don't know if it was me, but when I'm watching the match, it felt very slow in a lot of moments. And it felt like they were kind of walking to their spots. Now, I'm not expecting them to run to their spots. I'm not expecting them to be like a crazy spot fest match that you can see, you know, some really quick, very crazily nuts, acrobatic guys, Carmelo Hayes, Ricochet type Apollo Crews people. And, and I know the women can work. I'm not saying that. I just felt for these two having the blood feud that it was, maybe I just expected a little bit more, but it didn't deliver to me in the way that I thought this match would kind of deliver. And I kind of wish they would have saved this for stand and deliver. Um, no, you know, no pun intended, because I thought it would have been a little bit good to kind of build just a little bit more towards it. Because I felt like, you know, Gigi's face went through the door only a couple weeks ago. We're here at the match. Gigi wins. Now what? <clears throat> Personally, I hope JC doesn't accept that. I hope she goes back after Gigi. And I hope that they have like another match and maybe it's like a false count anywhere match or something. Something, something. But I kind of hope we get a little bit more, personally. Um, we had the Grayson Waller effect with Shawn Michaels. Now, this was funny, right? So we broke this down a little bit last week because pretty much great. We knew Grace was going to challenge Shawn to a match, but Shawn ain't taking matches. And what I thought was kind of cool with Shawn Michaels was saying that for the last 10 years, people want to have dream matches with Shawn Michaels. So I remember some years ago, and when we were trying to book for AJ Styles at WrestleMania, we are like, yo, AJ Shawn Michaels, let's do it. And it never came to fruition. Sean, at this point, he is not an in-ring performer like that. No way, no how. And he would not embarrass himself, I think, at this point. But he did have a proxy, which is kind of what I predicted. Um, I know that people thought the proxy might have been Dragon Lee, which we did see Dragon Lee in the stands, which was cool. So I hope we do get to see his debut at Stand and Deliver WrestleMania weekend. It was Mr. NXT TakeOver himself, Johnny Gargano. And what storytelling, right? Thinking back to when the quote-unquote NXT 2.0 kicked off. 
and Grayson Waller was one of the 2.0 people. And, uh, and he kind of went after Johnny Organo. And then Johnny left. He left NXT and potentially WWE. Thank God we did get him back. And he's, I think, flourishing right now. I mean, there's some times where he wasn't booked great. But I think he's, I mean, he had a great match being in the chamber. I think this is going to be a fantastic match. He only delivers, um, again, pun intended, at stand and deliver. I think it'll be a great, great match. I love Grayson Waller. Um, my God, he's fantastic at what he's doing. So very much looking forward to that. Um, what I thought was kind of good is we kind of solidified the dream match that NXT has left to book at this point based on who they have on the roster, which is Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes. We're going to get that at, at stand and deliver. That's going to be great, great. But we did have a main event. Um, of Roxanne Perez taking on Miko Satamora, the final boss. Now, you know, Roxanne, I think, slightly a little bit unplanned when she won that. I thought she was going to win the title. Just when she was going to win the title, I think was going to be, um, not say up for question, but, you know, she did win it based on, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Mandy Rose, you know, being fired. And, um, you know, you, you want to be careful. She's young. I mean, she has a lot of, she's has a lot of, you know, uh, time in, in the Indies. She came up in the Booker T school, but you want to be careful. You don't want to like push, 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 because you know, when you push people down people's throat, you know, it's very easy for them to kind of turn on them. Thankfully, I think Roxanne having that, um, that run on the Indies, I think she kind of like, you know, she's like a, she's sort of like a darling, but you still want to be careful with how, how she's booked. I thought all in all, I thought the match was really good. Um, and at the end, Roxanne passes out, almost mirroring that time when Shawn Michaels kind of passed out in the ring. So I wonder if that's a work. I'm assuming it is, obviously. Um, but just kind of almost just saying that Roxanne got pushed to the limits with Miko. Um, Mako. And I, I thought it was, you know, again, it was well done. It was a good match. I enjoyed myself. But I thought NXT Roadblock was good. Tony D went over Dijak. Brutal match. Good job. And um, Braun Breaker and the Creed Brothers went over into Sheer and Jinder Mahal. And lastly, uh, Andre Chase um, took on Joe Gacy and Gacy got the win. And Duke Hudson ain't having it. All right. Next topic. We have FTR. So they did return at Revolution. Um, and they did show up on AEW this week. And they pretty much just said that it's it was a great year, 2022. That they, they did a lot. They helped to reset the titles. And the end of the year with no sets of titles. And, you know, the last couple of months hasn't been good. They did acknowledge, of course, losing a best friend, um, you know, which was, of course, sad. You can see the emotion in uh, in Cash's face when they spoke about um, Jay Briscoe and uh, felt really, really bad because, you know, I, again, you know, as a fan on this side, watching it, just losing, watching people, you know, have their lives taken from them and you know this wasn't in a wrestling you know on you know uh you know life taken but it's still you know just you just forget that these people are fathers and brothers and sons and husbands and 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 friends and family and just sad but their contracts um suppose we are still are coming up with AEW in mid-April and they said they can't sit on their couch and watch the ass boys even though they could be the future um champions you know for a long time that they can't just sit around and watch them which i totally get um which honestly when i thought when we broke down when they acclaimed dropped the titles to the guns i thought it was gonna be ftr to kind of come back and be able to kind of take the titles because you don't want to have ftr take the titles off off of the acclaimed because ftr kind of being faces right now and the acclaim being very over you didn't want to do that because i don't think they were trying to have ftr be heels at this moment so i thought this made the most sense booking wise um 
But I did think that Dax did somehow come out somewhere. There was like an article or maybe he did an interview or whatever the case may be. But he said that him and Cash would not use AEW versus WWE or WWE versus AEW or wherever they potentially would go in terms of getting a payday. They just want to do they just want to go somewhere or do something or stay somewhere that keeps them happy. So you got to respect that. Those guys are true professionals. They've done it all. They've been everywhere. Um, they are top guys. They are seven star FTR. Um, so let's see. And let's see if potentially there's more time added to their end of their contracts. Because I know that does happen in AEW when there's injury time and there's a contract kind of coming up. I know they try to add a little bit more time to their contracts. I think that can, that's happening with, um, which we'll get into our next topic, uh, Brian Cage. Um, that word around right now in the dirt sheets that Brian Cage is actually getting interest from WWE right now that his contract is up soon. But Brian was out for a while. So I think that there's like some sort of agreement that that Brian's contracts will run out in June. And then we'll kind of see what happens from there. Now, Brian Cage, super athletic guy. Um, you know, he had his time being the F- FTW champion. He was in Team Taz. He was doing a little bit of a solos run. It wasn't doing much. When Ring of Honor kind of got brought back, when when Tony Khan bought it, <clears throat> he was a part of that um, that through the three-man tag titles. Um, I forget the group's name. You know, he's always good and reliable for a good match. He can wrestle big. He can wrestle fast. He can wrestle small. He's very athletic. I just, I don't know. For me, I've never been the biggest Brian Cage guy. And it's no knock on him. It's just a preference of wrestlers. I think he's a good guy. I think he could be a good heater. I think he can, you know, I think he's got talent. But like, I look at a guy like Wardlow as like the prize. I look at a guy like Will Hobbs as a guy that I'd be more interested in um, than, than Brian Cage personally. So. Um, again, his contract is due up soon. And again, like I said, I think the word was that AEW trying to push for it to kind of get back some of that injury time to kind of extend his contract, which is an interesting thing. I've never heard that in WWE before, but I totally get it. Right. Um, you were hurt. You shouldn't, you know, you, you know, let's meet somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, next topic, um, Wardlow loses the TNT title to Will Hobbs. Now. Not that you can say Hobbs is a true face or he's a heel. I think he's a tweener a little bit, right? I think he just wants to talk to whoever he's going up against. I think he wants to just fight and he wants to just win. But what I, I mean, I know Joe's been like not really on TV since he kind of won the TNT title. I know he's the king of television. He's not always there. Um, but, you know, just having Joe lose it at Revolution to then have Warlow lose it on Dynamite and knowing Wardlow, you know, he just got his car broken into, all his shit taken, um, and then he loses the title. Is it like one of those storylines where he just lost everything and he's got to kind of battle back and be that sympathetic face? Maybe. Maybe. They could be booking it like that. Um, could it just be that they just want to kind of get the title a little bit relevant again? Because remember when they were doing that kind of hot potato with the TNT title? Um between um what's his name sammy guevara and uh oh it's, it's losing my mind but i think you guys probably remember i i think it was potentially earlier this year where i think sammy guevara was having like a little bit of flip-flop with the title i think he was champion two or three times like a very short period of time now again not every title run needs to be this historic crazy reign this roman reigns this jade this jade cargill kind of title run um and i think if the storyline supports it it makes sense. 
But just being a Wardlow supporter, it's always shitty when like your guy who just won the title and what I thought was a what I thought was a decent match at Revolution drops it literally two days later. Um, if Nick was here, I'm sure. Oh, Tony Khan, this AEW, blah 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 blah. Yeah, okay. You know, but again, if they're trying to kind of do a whole, you know, Wardlow lost everything and now we're going to kind of build him back up. Okay. Or again, maybe they do look at Will Hobbs as a heel and they didn't want to have a heel go over a heel at Revolution. Um, Maybe they want to clear Wardlow for a potential AEW championship match, you know, uh, an MJF. I don't know. We'll get into that in a moment. Um, the Blackpool Combat Club took on Dark Order, and after the match with Dark Order, looks like they legitimately turned heel. Now, they've always been brutal guys and hard-hitting guys, but they legit, after the match, were beating the shit out of Dark Order, where Hangman Page kind of came down, punched Claudio in the face, and then they all got their asses jumped. And I thought that was wild. And I would be for a true heel turn for the Blackpool Combat Club, because I think it might be it might be a little bit fresh and refreshing to kind of have them run maybe a, a trios type program with the Dark Order right now because Claudio is the Ring of Honor champion and um, Wheeler is the is the pure champion. John Moxley's you know John Moxley um, doesn't need a title to you know showcase his star power and um, maybe this whole thing with Hangman's not done yet. You know maybe they want to do a little bit more. So if the storyline makes sense, sure. Can they all wrestle as heels? Absolutely. So I guess we'll see, but it literally was a heel turn to me. And last but not least, the final topic of this conversation is MJF and what's next. So he did wrestle Brian Danielson um, in an overtime, which we kind of spoke about it, potentially that the match could go overtime. An overtime 4-3 to three win against Brian Danielson. And um, brutal match. I was very impressed, actually, with MJF. Always, You're always impressed with Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. He... You know, again, another guy like Seth Rollins, guy never has a bad match. But for MJF, for being the Weasley heel that he is, for having water breaks, for doing some underhanded stuff, and he was able, and I thought looked fantastic and gave us a different side of MJF than we normally see. I mean, when is, you know, I know, I mean, using, you know, using a LaBelle lock um, to win. The match, <laughs> I mean, from I mean, of all heel moves, I mean, using the other guy's move to tap out the guy, that was fantastic, perfect, dude. Brian is just is just great, and what they're doing with MJF, I'm truly truly enjoying because he is tr- he is the AEW guy. You know, we could have argued that he should have beat John Moxley the first time around um, for the title when when they did challenge, but I'm so happy that he's champion now and he's getting a chance to kind of do this thing. Let's take a little swig, getting a little uh, a little dry in the pipes. Ooh, that nerd focus, baby. All right. Um, but what's next for MJF? Now, looking at the mat, like looking at the card, you saw a lot of the young guys again go over. Now he did he did take on Ricky Stark, so you're probably not gonna revisit that one right now because Ricky did get jumped by Juice Robinson. Maybe a Jack Perry. You know, Jack Perry did go over Christian. He did bury him, the final burial. You know, what's Jack Perry going to do next? He said he wants singles gold, you know. He is he was considered a pillar of AEW in the beginning, and so is MJF. Um, maybe Darby. Maybe Darby. We haven't seen Darby in a while. You know, Darby, again, another pillar, potentially. Why not have him cha- potentially challenge for the AEW championship? Um, 
Or, again, like I said before, Wardlow. They had a history. I know Wardlow went over in the feud, but there wasn't a title on the line. It was just a, it was just a blood feud. You know, it was a personal feud. But maybe Wardlow. I did, I did see that during our group chat. I thought it was really cool. Someone shared, I think, on Twitter. I'm not too sure if Joey or Tom shared this. One of them did. But they were saying at the next, like, pay-per-view to have, like, a, a fatal four-way of, like, all the pillars. Like, potentially, like, Jungle Boy and Darby and MJF and, like, Sammy Guevara and, like, a fatal four-way for, like, the AEW championship. And, like, I thought that was a wild idea. And I thought it was wild in a great way because it's – you're not relying on any of these former WWE guys, or you're not relying on some of these part-time wrestlers or, or people like you're putting like your pillars in a match. And I thought that was a really cool idea, but I think that right now, MJF, he's got a bunch of probably contenders they can have in front of him for the next titles. I just dropped a couple of names. Pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see, but ladies and gentlemen, that's our show today. That is episode 147 of the Wrestling Journal podcast. So MVP this week, we had so much go on. But there was one guy that did show up, arguably the greatest of all time, John Cena. I can't have a week where, you know, John Cena is not a a, a full-time guy. And he hasn't, I think they said he hasn't wrestled a singles, an actual scheduled singles match at WrestleMania in almost 80 years. I think they were saying some stat like that. So I hope I got that stat right. Um, John Cena, you are my MVP this week. You came back to Raw to a rousing ovation. I think being in a match with Austin Theory is going to do wonders for Theory because he, like you said in your promo, is the next John Cena. So he just has to go through the growing pains and and go through it and and believe in himself because if you don't believe his shit, we ain't going to believe his shit. So John Cena, you are my MVP this week. Um, but again, ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 147 of the Wrestling Journal podcast brought to you by the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. You can find us on social media on Twitter at WrestleBuzz with three Zs, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at WrestleBuzz. We do have From the Top Row Podcast with Gurge Brooms. You can find him at From the Top Row Podcast and at I Hate Gurge Brooms. And we do have Project Kayfabe with Joe and Quade. We can find them over at Project underscore Kayfabe. Um, again, you can find us anywhere where podcasts can be downloaded by simply searching the Wrestling Journal podcast. Leave us a five-star rating review on Apple and Spotify. It really helps with the algorithm. And we thank you very much for listening and supporting. And in the words of Joseph Crush, everyone, take care. Stay safe. Watch pro wrestling. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. 
you made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.